Well, I got a red button. So we might be recording. I think we're live. We're live. <laughs> right from the living room. All right. So me and Bradley, I'm, let's start off with this. I'm Sam. I'm Brad. We've uh, been talking about this for a while. We may or may not like to talk shit. Um, and we figured what better way to get ourselves in trouble than to record it and put it on the interwebs. So <laughs> that's where we're at. We're going to give this thing a shot. We're going to call this thing uh, East Coast Off-Road. The Echo Pod. Yeah. <laughs> we just like uh, yeah, we just like talking about dirt bikes. So We got to <clears throat> stick to what we know, which is the East Coast. Yeah, I mean, you ain't going to catch me at no, like, uh, I ain't going to be at no, like, uh, what are them ones out west? Uh, Hare and Hound. Yeah, no, not me. I'm not Keeper. Keep me out of the desert. <laughs> no, desert rat? You're a sand rat? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a something. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, and we've both been around this New Jersey, tri-state, east coast scene for, shoot, 15 years. I've been 15 years. You're probably longer than I've, that. I've raced 10. Yeah, so I started, we both really started with NUC. Yeah, I uh, I was doing pictures back then. You were racing, and yeah, we've been screwed ever since. <laughs> Definitely something we can't get out of, but I enjoy it. I like being around it, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was way better when we had to pay for it. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing. Now we're getting older. We can't ride as fast and do as much, so we got to do something to still stay in it. I ain't never rode fast, so <laughs> don't have to worry about that. Um, and we got we got to give a little shout out here right at the beginning to T Shep, my boy T Shep, and that other guy he does podcasts with. They said, "Listen, we need more podcasts. We need more media." So this that was definitely that last inspiration to say, "Let's just do it, and whatever happens, happens." All right. Well, I think we can start off right into that. Let's go GNCC here. Well, <clears throat> I have all four of the rounds up. And the overalls, and then I can go back to the times. We can skip the overall. <laughs> Let's just skip XC1. Ben Kelly's killing it. It's yeah. Not even, it's I mean, not even fun at this point. He's four for four. Um, he went, let me see here. I got to go back. I'm going to tell you his uh, overall winning by, yeah. um, by lap six on at um, – what race is this? Round one, he had 39 seconds. Um, of course, Josh Strang was still in that, and he kept him pretty honest all day. Hey, let's just let's talk about the obvious. Stu was getting him. It was over. Well, if you look back, um, Ben Kelly on the first lap went 27-27, and Stu went 27-56, uh, and then such a shame that the XE1 class is just falling apart at this point because I really do think we were finally at a point where we were going to have a 10-man field that was capable of, of I think we had our front runners you know I think we had our, our Josh our, our Stu our Ben even Josh I think Josh would run top four top five consistently but I mean anywhere from third to tenth who knows yeah I mean I think Thad could have been up there. Absolutely. I mean, he was he spent all winter. Well, I don't want to say all winter. Obviously, they don't post on social media yeah. very much. Yeah. I would agree with that. We have no idea what what they're doing down there, but they're down there somewhere. Doing they're, something. Yeah, they're in the warm area, you know. 
Hey, listen, if he trained half as much this winter as his boy has been training on that PW in the last week, man, he was ready. Yeah, I would agree. So it sucks to see, you know, Thad, Johnny from XE2, uh, Johnny Gerard, and then also Stu having that in, yeah, that nasty right crash. Off, right, off the, right off the rip. And crazy that that was even on video. And finished. And happened that it – I don't know. I See, we got some conspiracy theories here. We got a 13-mile track, mm-hmm. and T-Shep just happens to get Stu eating shit on video. But I feel like T-Shep just, you know, hangs from his nuts a little. <laughs> and, I mean, granted. I have no comment on that situation. <laughs> so do you, but Stu's, a, uh, from what I can see and know, yeah. he's a great guy. and he's. I mean, and I think on top of that, he's made it a point of not only, not only himself, but he's publicizing everybody. I mean, he made it pretty clear that he had his favorites and, and he thought there was going to be a couple outliers and all of it. But it, like I said, that whole top 10, I mean, we're skipping Grant. We're skipping Bollinger. We're skipping our our Pennsylvania guy, Craig. Craig DeLong, absolutely killing it. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, just consistent so far this year. And just a local little shout out for Cobb McDonald. <laughs> Local guy to us. He went. He got 14th in XC1. Um, surprised he ran XC1. Yeah. So that uh, that's part of his deal this year with Beta. Mm-hmm. They wanted to see. Uh, they wanted to see a Beta on the front line. So Beta's really pushing the uh, the media GNCC wise. I know they got T Shep trying one legged riding around on a Beta. Um, and yeah, that was that was part of his deal. He um, I think he's gonna do three or four more on that front line. So I'm not sure. Hopefully we see him out at Camp Coker. And then um, I'm sure he'll hit a couple of the West Virginia rounds. But I don't know. I might have to check. I'll check with him this weekend. He, he's he's only a little busy. He's only getting married. Married, so, you know, yeah. a day job too at that. Yeah, yeah. You know, this electrician, guy. stuff like that. So, hey, and uh, Tyler Medaglia too. I mean, he uh, he's making the swing into off-road and consistent for sure. I mean, it's, it's hard for us to say, oh, well, he's not doing great when – these guys are running top 20 overall. It's easy for us to sit here and say, oh, yeah, he was only 10th or 15th. Right. I I don't have – I can't speak on it much because I've never been in that – I've never been that fast, so. Listen, I know them 250C battles last year were intense for 10th. They were intense. So I don't see how they could be any more intense than that. <laughs> Everybody at their own speed is an intense battle. Yeah, so uh, we hit one of the guys I really wanted to talk about. I wanted to get Craig in there. Um, he's a he's a kid we grew up. Uh, did you race with him, Craig? Yeah. No, I've never raced with Craig, to my knowledge. Yeah, I, he kind of split. Andrew was a little bit younger than me, or a little bit older than me. Sorry, Craig was a little bit younger than me. Which Craig's, but, I think, my age. Yeah, they all they ran our series for a year. Um, they ran ECA with us, NEOCs, and stuff like that. Um, so it's cool seeing those guys get to, you know, finally make it on a big stage, being on factory Husky. Um, so that's neat. Uh, a couple other locals. Ryder. Ryder's been a little up and down. Injury kind of got him in uh, in Florida. And this past weekend, I guess he cut his hand up pretty good. I've seen that on the but, social media. Yeah, I mean, for, uh, for what he's got going on, can't really complain about that. I think he can uh, 
put it put it all together here. Get rid of a couple of the, the injuries, the mistakes, and I mean he's right there. I I don't see why he can't be top five for the year. He's putting in the work. I mean, that's a cool yeah, back he, up there overall for each race. And uh, Ryder went 12th at the first round. Um, third, right? Third in the second one? No. Well, I'm talking about overall. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know. It doesn't show him. That was uh, is Florida. That, is that the one I he got he, hurt at? Yeah, I'm not, I don't know the... I don't know what happened, but I don't think he finished the second one. Yeah, I think he only did two laps on that one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we'll go to the third round here. And he pulled it back to a tenth, um, tenth overall. And then go to the fourth round. He was, um, he got hurt, or he had that cut, correct? Yeah, that was this past week at a bigger buck, Tiger Run, whatever you want to call it. He cut finished, he finished, good. he finished 38th. I mean, he didn't give up, granted. Yeah, I mean, I seen that cut on his. I seen the pictures of it. It wasn't no, uh, wasn't no scratch. It was on the bottom of his hand, correct? It was, uh, it was his hand. Yeah, <laughs> it was for I mean, sure his hand. So. It's like a blister. Once you start getting blisters, it's very uh, yeah. sensitive skin there. So hopefully he can. Uh, hopefully he's got. He's got two. Well, now he's got a little bit over a week to recover. Hopefully he has a strong yeah, showing at Camp Coker. Um, man, I'm I'm excited. I'm getting down to Camp Coker this weekend. First one of the year. For for us and for Ryder, I mean, it's it's almost a Jersey Boy special. I mean, that's the terrain we ride. It's a little bit more hilly, but the soil down there, the sand down there, is so much like here. I think it's the closest drill find on on the GNCC series. Yeah, I mean, it seems like everything. I mean, we have Florida that's an outlier, that's just sand. But I mean, Georgia, you're not going to get this. Um, I've never been to Big Buck Tiger Run. So I can't speak on that, but I mean all the West Virginia rounds, stuff like that. You're not getting this soil, so hopefully, uh, hopefully that can be something that helps Ryder this weekend. Even if he's hurting a little bit from um, from his hand still, but hey, uh, who else we got? Uh, getting into some of the amateurs. Oh, sorry, one more Thorn, my buddy Thorn. Just been super consistent this year. Had a rough go at Florida with the heat, but I mean other than that, just been. On fire, really. Killing it at the sprints. Um, really being consistent at the GNCCs. He had a great finish this weekend. He was top 12, 10. He was 12th overall. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought he was top 10, but right there. Right there on the cusp. I mean, on a, on one of the smaller teams, seems like that bike. He's got it. Look, the, the pictures, the videos, everything you see of that. I mean, the team looks like they have it together, and he looks like he has it together. Is there anything questionable that I should – we should have probably reached. I should reach out and ask him or whatever. Is I want to know why he's running that head pipe. Yeah. Um. For a little bit of background into us, we are just bike snobs. We, I am anyway, obsessed over the littlest details and stuff, and that's something we picked up on. Um. He's running a gas gas pipe, right? Yeah. Stock gas gas. So pipe. It just basically doesn't have that um that resonator. Well, yeah. I don't. I don't know if it's a resonator, but the bigger part, um. Kind of acts as um, it's something to do with back pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. I mean, all the newer, all the newer Australian models have something to do KTM, with it, other than the gas Hus- gas. Yeah. KTM and uh, Husky, basically. Um, Even Yamaha, Honda, they all seem to have like a something. FMF power bomb. Like yeah. they have that fat round part. Yeah. So uh, you'll have to remind me that. Hopefully, um, my, I plan on at least reaching out, saying hi to Thorn this weekend. Maybe I'll ask him. Hey, he's one. We'll get him on here. A couple. 
Get a couple under our belt. Yeah, I don't see why we can't. Between yeah. Thorne, you know, Thorne Ryder, we should be able to all get these, the, the Edmund brothers. Were, that's who I'm going to next. Both the Edmund boys. Um, um, I grew up racing them. You know what I mean? Back in 1415, when we all, it was me, Neil, and Gary racing right. schoolboy together. And we had some great battles, and them boys have always been fast. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest. I'll be the first person to say, the last last two years, they have been grinding it out. And I've talked to a lot of people and said for years, it's that that step between local A and and I want to say quote unquote double A at these bigger races at you know your top amateur at GNCCs, the double A class at the National Enduros. That gap between A class and that just that next level, not even the not even the XC1 level. That the gap between A and and these pro guys is bigger than the gap from C to A is anymore. So I, I don't want to say I was skeptical, but man, it's hard watching these kids just put their heart into it and grind and just not see it. So I'm glad that we're starting to see the consistency, the speed. I mean, from what little I've seen of him, the videos, the pictures, he just looks like he's so incredibly smooth. It looks like he's running at 85%. Yeah. Uh, he ended up winning uh, roughly by, um, almost, he ran like 48 seconds. He won by last. Yeah. Night. And I think, uh, I think round one, it was three minutes. Another race, it was two minutes. I mean, he's been putting it on the boys in a open. That's for sure. Um, it's even being, I, not even in his class, but you know, Bob Tasha or whatever, them going back and forth with top amateur. Hey, I mean, and it's been, it's clear. Bubs has the speed, um, They've been battling at the at the uh, sprint endoros. Uh, it looks like Bubs will really take it hard in the cross test, and then you'll get the other guys picking it up in the uh, in the enduro sections. But the difference between Bubs and and Neil right now, consistency. Yeah, Bubs finished thirteenth this right. weekend. He right. only did he he got laps. He only did six laps compared to the seven. Yeah, the and front I, know, I know he's still not healthy and and. Uh, again, he's got just, swollen balls. <laughs> we're just here to talk crap on people that we're nowhere near as fast as, and it's easy for us to say it literally from the couch. But I mean, when you look at guys like Neil, who hey, even if you're riding it, and I'm not saying he is, but if you're riding it eight tenths, and you're that consistent, I mean, it's a long season. We're four races in. We still got eight left. Yeah, there's still a lot of racing to do. And then we'll jump to uh, little brother there. Drew, he's racing Drew, what B two fifty two fifty. Been again, I mean, just super consistent. He ran second this weekend. He, I'm, I'm pretty sure he has a win already this year. I'm, I'm working on he's it. He's working on it. We got the laptop out, man. We are just official. We're trying to be good at this, you know. But yeah, I mean, they've both been grinding. I talked to them. Uh, he went. Uh, he got second this weekend. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he's got a win so far. Uh, might have been at Florida. But That'd I know I talked to those boys in uh, January. They were loading up and heading south, and and they've been putting in the work. They've been uh, down with uh, Ben Nelko and Thorne, what it looked like for the most part, just grinding and out. He did get a win at uh, in Georgia, round Georgia. three. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, both the Edmund boys, local local PA boys, killing it. Um, next on my list, probably should have mentioned this one a little bit earlier, Jason Tino. 
Mm-hmm. Another another local guy runs for uh, Raynard Pumps. He ran ECA with uh, with us last year. Um, actually, I got to know him a little bit more last year. Uh, I knew his older brother Kyle real well. Uh, he raced uh, NEOC with us back in the day. But man, Jason came out. Same thing down in Florida, working, grinding, and then came out and proved it round two with a win. And, again, been pretty consistent staying up there. Sprint speed at the Endoros has been great. I mean, for the start of the year, going into April, none of these guys can be upset with the results. They're all putting it on. It seems like this is all all, all of the amateur guys are putting a big push in from, you know, from New Jersey, PA area. They're putting a big push in this year. And yeah. first time, I think they've really done the full series, right? And, yeah, for sure, Jason. I know. Uh, he finished fourth this weekend. Right, like, and and that A two fifty class is brutal. I mean, that's another class. I, I wouldn't even say the top ten. The top twenty could win. I mean, he was Grant Davis. He was third. Right, Jason right. was right behind him, and I'm pretty sure they've spent some time racing each other, being kind of close to, mm-hmm. you know, in the same area. So, I, I, it's just awesome to see. I mean, it's easy too. I'm sure there's other areas of the country that are just as competitive as our little area are, but. It's easy for us to see these guys, and it's cool. It's neat, and it's nice when you know they can get to come back to the locals, um, and we can you know talk to them and stuff. I know, whatever rider comes back, I make sure I get my my buddy rider Twisted T. We'll have a conversation, you know. So it's good. Same thing with Thorn. All those guys, they always make time for us to to talk, shoot the shit, and it's nice. A couple more guys. Check out that 150B class. 150B. Yeah, we got Ryan Gribben and uh, Old Ranger Danger. Man, I saw some videos of that battle this weekend. Finished second. They went second and third. Look at the time. Less than a second. Uh, Ryan went 318.50, and Ranger went 318.51.8. <laughs> so it's almost one second. Yes. Yeah, so like 800 tenths of a second they went. So they must have came in wheel-to-wheel battle on that. I saw, uh, I saw Ryan made a post this week, and I went and checked out, checked out the times and checked out the videos. Ranger came first lap. I think he came through the, the boards at eighth, seventh or eighth, and crawled back, got around Ryan. I don't know if Ryan pitted. I don't know that whole story. But And then the last, really the last three battles, there are three laps, they battled. The videos are crazy. I'm super pumped for both of those guys. We uh, we rode with Ranger this winter down in, uh, down in Pistol, and he was just, just out there grinding it out. I got to say, that's a cool name, too. <laughs> That's a cool name. Um, but it looks like uh, Ryan went lap-wise. They did a total of six laps. Ryan went 3-3-3-3-3-2. Three, 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 and Ranger went 7-5-4-4-2-3. Four, four, right. Yeah, they were, they're battling up there. And, I mean, props again. More local boys. Um, and, I mean, I've watched Ryan since he was on a, a 50 same with same with Ranger. I mean, they've been around for years, so having these kids on big bikes now is is awesome. I can't wait to see them come back to locals and put it on these boys. Um, the only other two I got, I got to give a shout out to my girls. The girls, sorry, got to give a up. shout out to my girls, Carly in uh, running women's AB in the morning. Just been consistent, uh, second in points right now. Just two two. I think she had a fourth in there, but just killing it she's been putting in the work i seen she was riding today so the results for last weekend or this weekend 
Um, she went one one three two. What happened on that third lap? Nah, I don't know. She just, just I guess she just decided to suck for a lap. I mean, she uh, she went a thirty two thirty eight. A thirty-one twenty-one, a thirty-one twenty-nine, and a thirty-one thirty. So, I mean, cons- over the board consistently, she was still good on times. Yeah. So, uh, Rachel Harris, I think, is first in that class, right? She's just been on it this year. So you can't take anything away from her. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know what happened on off the line, off the start, but Rachel went a thirty-three twenty-five. But then, girl, she she picked up three minutes. She went a 30-36, a 30-40, and a 30-flat. Yeah, she's just been on it this year. And, I mean, that girl's A-B class does not get the credit it deserves. These girls are are flying. Um, and it's cool. It's cool to see that, that – I think that's my favorite thing about GNCCs. They got a class for everybody. I haven't done one. I will say – I've got to give a thank you to Brad. A year ago today, we were on our way home at 1 o'clock in the morning from a GNCC. My first ever one. But, uh, yeah, I... Uh, I'm Tentative plan is for next year is to do every GNCC pretty much. I'm there. Um, that was a tentative plan this year. Life just decided to rear-end me. <laughs> for lack Literally, of a term. yes. You <laughs> so, uh, What'd you end up with? A broken nose? Yeah, apparently. A totaled car? And a fractured back? Allegedly. Okay. Depends who's asking. Fair enough. <laughs> so, but yeah, and then last but not least, and I kind of wanted to leave these girls for last. WXC as a whole is just absolutely incredible. Corey Steed gets her first win this weekend. <sighs> a little controversial. She helped herself out a little bit. <laughs> I, and I know clearly she didn't do that on purpose, but uh, Rachel just it was Rachel, right? She hit Rachel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She hit Rachel and um, Benna Sprock it all up and yeah. Did you see the pipe too? I don't know how the heck she did that. The pipe was all torn up. The wheel was torn up. Rachel posted on her social media yeah. she lost something like 15 minutes by the time the team got a wheel. I mean, but still, 15 minutes compared to find her, bring a wheel to her and replace it and yeah. get her back out there. That you can't. And uh, that's a good team. Yeah, so Corey killing it on the Trail Jesters team, which was cool to see that, you know, the WXC girls are getting more and more support. You know, Ampro's been on for a couple years helping out. Um, seeing KTM or Trail Jesters step up and help out. I think, um, oh, man, I wish I had the laptop in front of me. Fourth this weekend was uh, Thorne's girlfriend. Shelby Turner. Yeah, Shelby. She's getting some help from KTM from, from what I understand. So that's pretty cool. I know we lost one last week. We lost Rachel. But Rachel Shelby, Kurdish. circling back to Shelby, she's like um, Duro Cross, Duro Cross cha- yeah, champion yeah. a few times. Another West Coast. We don't deal with that. That's West Coast. But, uh, nah. hey, you have to give props to where props is due. Absolutely. And multi-faceted rider. I mean, can run, kills it on Enduro Cross, brings it out to GNCCs. I mean, it was a great ride this weekend. Um, back to Rachel Goodish. We lost Rachel. Uh, she hurt her elbow getting that all straightened out from before. So hopefully she uh, she comes on strong. Had a chance to talk to her last year at Mountaineer. And she's just so grounded. It's, it's She understands everything that she needs to do in this sport. And she is just like us. She is obsessed with it. It's all in. It's cool to see. 
Right. So hopefully she can come back. But yeah, love that girl's class. I think that's the worst part about my class is I got to race C. I hate not being able to be out in the woods with, you know what I mean? And watch. See what's going on. Yeah. Got to give a shout out to our girl, Kayla. Kayla O'Neill. Great ride this weekend. Finally putting it together. She's had a little bit of bad luck to start the first three rounds. She, uh, She had some bike problems. Just, just, you know, it's her first full year in WXC. I mean, it's a big change. So putting it together, but she put it together this weekend. I mean, those girls in, uh, and we everybody talks about one through five, but you know, six, seven, and eight were were battling the whole race. They were within like a minute at the line, and it was just a battle. So it's cool to see that next that next group of girls that are, that are getting ready to step up. Preston, Kayla, um, I'm. Don't know too many of the other ones. And Preston's young. Yeah, I didn't realize how young she is. I think she's the youngest one in XEW. Yeah, and I think there's going to be some more. Uh, I think she's got some stuff coming, coming, or coming together too, on her training and stuff. I know she was shooting some video a couple weeks ago. She I posted. Mean, her so, father. Yeah. Is a legend. Yeah. Yeah. So. Must be nice to have a dad. It's just in the blood, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um. I'm really excited to get down there this weekend. I don't know. I might have to bring the podcast stuff with me. Talk to talk some of these people into. You need to. Yeah, we need to get. We need some help here. I mean, our, the goal is to. We're having fun with it. But. Listen, I'm gonna. We got some. We got some dirt. We need to get out of Ryder. I need the story. We do. I mean, Stu. I uh, Stu spilled it a little bit. Yeah, but, I want to know where the screwdriver is. First of all, that's my main concern. As as much as I like the screwdriver story, I really want to know why the bike changed. Like, what is the full story behind that? And I want to know his opinion on that. Uh, granted, I know the rumors. I've heard it all. But I, I need to hear it from him. Yeah, well, and doubling back to that, I mean, Stu made it really clear that he was upset. I mean, not upset, but that it was a, a very awkward situation. We'll leave it at that. But to come out and put it on at these these first couple races again, even though having a little bit of bad luck, I mean, right now he's coastal. <laughs> yeah, and even but like looking back at the like whatever may happened, and to end up this on, is the most unprofessional podcast I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> I haven't heard from that kid in six months, and he's calling me. <laughs> um, but anyway. To come out and to get on the the help from Coastal and them guys, and then go to the first national and put it on the box like that's a big like yeah. And I think I'm, I think I'm opening and and saying this that and Stu Stu talked about it too. I mean, that's not a that's not a gas gas ride for for rider. That's the Coastal guys saying, hey, listen, we got faith in you. Like, here you go. We'll help you as much as we can. Come get it done. And, and he's he's getting it done. He, that's for sure. I mean, you almost can't ask for more on the national enduro side. You know what I mean? Because he last year he spent some time down there with Stu, and then again this year. Yeah, um, and and he was training all all winter down there with not all winter, but he was down there with the Coastal Boys training, and it's cool, you know, when teams like put out videos that they're training and they're riding. It's really cool to see. It'd I be, mean, it'd be crazy if you know the best riders in. And XC1 would do that too, but it's just, I just, obviously we all we all know GNCC 
doesn't pay if you compare it to Supercross Motocross. One thing that does pay is your personality and your brand. And Stu has pushed that big, and I don't know if if those people can't see it, but it's plain as could be to me that personality sells. Hey, and I think Ben Kelly's personality sells too, but I just think it's watered down. It could sell, I think. Could you imagine? Because you know what he's thinking right now. Four rounds in, four wins, not a, not even a, a struggle. I, you know, he could be easily walking around, and be like, "Somebody come beat me!" Like, <laughs> hey, but he's humble, you know, I, which is a great quality as well. But he had, he whatever Caleb did, Ben has found it. You know, what I mean, for Caleb to go what eight, one hundred percent, and eight it's championships, scary. yeah, and it's scary because clearly there's. And, and Stu's talked about it openly, and it's tough because we keep mentioning Stu. He's the only guy who is open. He's the only guy you hear from. And, it, like, same thing with Bubs. Like, the only reason we know Bubs is because he was with Stu, but because he's on social media posting about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and it gets people talking. It's – you're not going to sit there and be able – and not – give these people something you're not going to get talked about if you don't give them something hey and i i don't care what anybody says all what's the saying all all talking is all press is good press there it is there it is all press is good press so i mean as long as you're not as long as you're not wrecking every weekend look at (laughs) i mean just a not a you know bring up another podcast but if you look at steve mathis and the only reason I think Steve probably knows who Baylor is is because he flips his dirt bike at the finish line. Right. Good press is bad press, or bad press is good press. I mean, Stu will rant and rave, or um, Steve will rant and rave about him breaking his bike, but there's more people at the finish line now than there's ever been. Right. And, I mean, he's done things with Randy Richardson, too. You know what I mean? And, and Stu doesn't even run Michelin's, do they? Amper is a Dunlop team, I'm pretty sure. So there's, you know what I mean? There's just another, another fold of this. Just the more open you can be with people, the better. And that's what I'm hoping that we can maybe get to, even if we get to it just a little bit, get some of our, some of the guys that we grew up with, some of the people we talked about today, get them on here so they can start, you know, telling their stories because everybody likes to hear these stories and everybody wants to see everybody do good. Right. All of us do anyway. I'm trying to look up what tires they do run so we don't look like retards. Well, as they are. He does run Dunlop. Right, that's what I thought. So, and props to Randy, too, you know what I mean, for being open. They did that uh, that dirt car race on in the fall. They yeah. were all in on that, and they did some cool media with that and stuff. Like, that stuff's awesome. We need more of that. Now, let's change over to the other Baylor brother. Grant. So, coming into this year, there has been a lot of talk about this team. They made it very public at the beginning of the year that they had a brand new title sponsor. And it then was, out of nowhere. It was all over social media. They were yeah, posting. GNCC was posting it. Everybody was posting it. And then that was quickly. Was two weeks before the first uh, national. national. Yeah, that was quickly shut down. Um, and it's funny. I had this on my list of things to talk about today. And then about lunch, uh, I'm in my truck eating my lunch, and I see that Rev Racing posted a 
Instagram that um, they're tired of of all the the rumors. They're gonna set it all straight. They want to clear up everything that happened last year, everything that happened so far this year, and they want to show that that hey, like I, I guess they just want to explain what happened. Yeah, and they need to because there's one hundred percent. Like we said, with anything, we want the riders to be open. These teams have got to be open. And and the situation again. We're from uh, we're from the Jersey, PA, Delaware area. Um, a lot of the rumors started in this area. There's a lot of going around about what happened, this and that. And I'm not going to get into that. We'll let them. We'll let them tell their story. And once they do, I guarantee I'll be here ready to talk shit. But until then, we'll let it slide. But outside of that, the main thing I wanted to talk about is Grant's ride this weekend. I mean, he again, one of those guys, it seemed like he had a little bit of a slow start. The classes thinned out a little bit. But, man, you go and look at his lap times from this weekend. They're there. I mean, he had a little stumble lap, lap three or four. But, I mean, he is there. Uh, looking back on it now... He went, starting with the first lap, 27.44, and then 25.40, 26.01, 28.09. So lap four, he did have yeah, that there it was. issue. And then 27.01, 27.22, and 27.47. Um, it's consistent. We're getting better to the right step in the right direction. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, he's still a little bit off of Ben, but that's, well, and what are you Ben's on another level this and, year. And, and I hope that's something that Rev can talk more. I mean, their their Instagram is awesome. They're giving shout-outs to their guys every week about their partners, which is fantastic. Um, but you really don't know what kind of program they have. I mean, I know in the past, um, you know, Beta would show up with a rig, and they'd have their awning out, and they'd have the bikes out. But, like, man, that rig was just kind of a shell. You would go in that thing, and it was like trials and Enduro parts from, like, 2012. So, is is that what we got at Rev? I don't know. And that's things that, that I hope we can, maybe through this podcast, find out. Hey, maybe that's something they'll, they'll talk about. Like, what kind of program are they running over there? I mean, from everything they post, the bike looks great. Grant doesn't look bad on the bike. I mean, I think he's got the equipment. Uh, JDP's doing that suspension. So, you know they got to be on the right track. Um, but, yeah, when you compare him to Ben, it's kind of hard. Yeah, I mean, but comparing anybody to Ben is hard this year. Right, 100%. I mean, he like he's just on another level. But good, for, and that's good for him. I mean, he's he's earned it one hundred percent. He's the one that's put the time and the work in and done what he needed to do to put it. You know, the the and and I think Caleb kind of pulled off of the um the Alden Baker program a little bit. Why is that? Well, what, yeah, what makes you he's, say that? well, he's running. Clearly, he's helping out the KTM group, the Husky group. So he's got. Husky, KTM, not so much uh, the gas gas side of it, but he's got Trevor, Thad, Josh, Craig, Johnny. Ben. Johnny was down there too? I, th- I thought Johnny was but down there. Either way, you got five or six of the top ten guys at GNCCs riding together every weekend. I mean, I, I, I think Alden's proved that. You need to have fast guys around to go fast. You can't practice at 50% and expect to go out and race at 100, not at that level. Right. So, it'll be interesting to see how this year plays out. I would really love to see 
Josh and Grant and and these guys really step up. It'll be exciting to get um, Josh Strang back. Um, seems like he won't be out too much longer. Stu's looking probably after think, summer break. Let's be honest, Stu's not coming back for snowshoe. He gonna be down. A party. Yeah, right, right. And hey, Brim's already booked for snowshoe. I don't know. We'll have to see. If Stu's racing, I'll race. If Stu's not racing, it's gonna be a long weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so let's. I, um, what do you got? Let's hit. Why so many injuries? <laughs> oh man, you're right there. So yeah, that's one of the notes I had. Um, I don't know, and it's hard for us to say. I think that's the hardest part about talking about this stuff is we don't run the speed, and we haven't been in any of the races yet. Um, I think the common the common thread between every post I've seen and every person I've talked to is that the tracks are gnarly, just gnarly. I'd say. 70 to 80 percent of them are always saying something about a lapper you know what i mean Stu blames his oh. his line choice on a lapper um josh strang is lapper and i think that's one of the the biggest draws to our sport and one of the biggest negatives to our sport it's that man you get to line up with the best of the best and at the same time you're on the same course as guys that are going minutes faster than you um it's something that i see just talking to local guys it's something that that we've talked about you know i i mean i don't care if i get bumped to a class at locals i'll i don't care i'll be last in a i'll run a i'll bump myself to a i wish i could run b at locals i would love to run for two hours and just go ride the problem is we have these series around here that are great. We have we have a, a pretty good series, um, and we have a couple surrounding. D6 does one that's pretty good. Virginia's got a couple. Um, but these series aren't GNCCs. The, the gap between a local and a GNCC, it's unbelievable. So it's hard for these guys who run B at locals to go to GNCCs and expect to run that B pace. And – Anybody local that's run that runs B probably hasn't been passed by some of, the, uh, of these XC1, XC2 guys. I mean, perfect example. Back to Kyle McDonald. Again, great friend of mine. Incredibly fast on a motorcycle. Runs locals. Runs top top two at most locals. Top three at most locals. He's going to get in 14th in, in XC1, which is still an awesome accomplishment. But that just shows the speed differential that these guys have. So I, I think Stu's had a couple great points on, on breaking it up more, but I think it comes down to GNCC just puts on such a great event that you draw so many people. I mean, if you've never been to a GNCC, it's, it's, I want to say life changing, but it's totally different from what you're used to at a regular local. 100%. And um, like, I've never raced one, but I have, like you said, yeah. taken you there. Yeah, we went last year. And, and um, the atmosphere alone. And just, just I, awesome. I was trying to turn the watch off, man. Just and it was at such a beautiful venue. Um, I don't even remember which one it was. What was it? Uh, yeah, we went to first one we did last year, or the one we did last year was Camp Coker. That was down at Maury's Preserve. Beautiful. Um, it's absolutely fantastic facility. 
ponds and just open area, beautiful woods, just and and almost every race is like that. I've did I did four last year. And every one you go to, I mean, you pull into um the Boy Scout Reserve, Mountaineer. I mean, you're just you're camping on the side of a mountain. They have beautiful bridges, they have concerts, they have just there's something to do all the time. Um uh, what was the last one I went to? I went to one of the other ones in West Virginia, but same thing. I mean, yeah, you're in a cow field with cow shit everywhere, but you know, you're in the mountains, you're in this beautiful area and just the atmosphere, the people, it, it's awesome. And it's a great draw. But at the same time, that's just a lot of people. And I, a lot of people bitch about the quads. I think the quads are probably the one of the best parts about that series them them guys girls on a racing in the woods on a quad i would never hey and it saves it saves tracks um last year in west virginia saturday it poured all day about three o'clock me and a couple buddies went out to e-bike and you couldn't you couldn't do it and this was right before the the pm quad race was still raining we went back out two hours later and I mean, those guys fixed the track. They made it rideable. And GNCC does a great job of going back in with the dozers and stuff. But man, those guys only have so much time. You know, they got a, a youth race going off at eight o'clock in the morning, and they've already been up for you know all day Saturday. They're in the the dozers all night Saturday night fixing these tracks up. You can't get to every spot on the thirteen mile track. You just can't do it. Um. Without the without the quads at that GNCC, it would have been a nightmare. The mud would have been horrendous. Um, and then onto that, I mean, when you're pulling the number of riders in the C race, and even in the main, the GNCC's pulling. I mean, not only do the tracks deteriorate, but you just have that much more traffic. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, what what are you gonna do? Do you limit the riders? I know our local series first race of the year is online sign up only with a rider cut. Is is that something that GNCC could do? I mean, you you might lose a little bit. You're gonna lose the the people who just come out for the weekend. But I feel like for our for our local series with the rider cut, it's kind of weird. I think they're more cutting it for the amount of people that show up that day. One hundred percent. So because. Normally, I, I race sportsmen. I help a local kid. Um, we'll relieve him nameless right now. He don't want no parts of the pod. He don't want no mention of them. So that's the way we'll leave it for now. These, it, these kids that don't want to open up and be, be vocal, it's a damn shame. I'll get to him. I'm working on him, all right? <laughs> but, yeah. But So I race the sportsman class just so I can go out and have fun time on my dirt bike, but then still be able to go to the afternoon race and right. pit him and make right. sure he has a good race. We're and in do the pits. I'm running bottles in the woods on the e-bike. Like, I make sure he gets gas, you listen, know, because you cannot work an IMS can apparently. Yeah, I'm, listen, me and IMS, I don't even want to talk about it. We're not going to talk about the fact that my IMS is currently just leaking all over my garage because it's just a hunk of shit. So me and IMS are not on good terms right now. There may or may not be a brand new gas can. At my house tomorrow. A brand new tank. Tank. Because I was so tired of dealing with the one I had. You're just going to so, throw it in the garbage or you're going to light it on fire? I don't know yet. But either way, my guy gets gas when I give it to him. I'm going to post it on the KTM Husky page. <laughs> Let some sorry sucker deal with it. Oh, you ain't right. 
But, but yeah, so back to what we were talking about. Perfect example. The last two races of ECA series last year had fantastic turnouts, but it delayed the start of the race, pushed everything back. It, it really was a big damper on the day. And it's not – I think it's more of that's the reason they're doing it because me racing the – that – um well, at Sahara, I did race A. I mean, I shouldn't have raced A. I was tired and old, and I felt in the way. I was the lapper in the way. You know Story what I mean? of my life. So, but I never felt like that the C-Class, when I did the sportsman, that, I mean, I'm an A rider. Right. Those guys are 50 years old in a C-Class. It wasn't that bad lapper-wise. Right. Even for the amount they had. Um, I will say... Uh, so, little background on me. This is this was the first year that I raced. We did a couple. I did a couple here and there, but this was the first year I raced. Twenty nine, uh, twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty no, twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one was my oh, first shit. full season. Ran every 22. race. Ran every race for ECA. Everybody would complain about the lappers in C class. I never really got it. Before the last two races, me and you went out. We figured my bike out. The last two races. I, I understood the lappers a slow people suck it's and it's because I feel like they don't have any confidence in themselves and then when somebody comes up behind them they don't know what to do hey 100% they, we didn't really change that much on my bike but it was a huge confidence boost and it was a huge speed boost I mean I went from a top I went from a 15 to 10 guy to a, a top 10 guy in the last two races right so the confidence is huge. I mean, going into this week, like going into this year for me, just the, I've been doing a decent amount of riding. The bike, the bike is good. The bike is good. I mean, you would know better if you didn't throw cornholes every uh, Tuesday <laughs> and Sunday, but the, the bike is good. The confidence going into camp Coker this year is at an all time high. Last year, I thought I was going to die. Like I went into it, like thinking that the chance of me dying was high. And this year I'm thinking like, Yo, I'm going to go check out, like, these 25 plus 250 guys. Don't know what's coming for them, okay? This this FXR gear is going to be gone. I'm going to I'm gonna make sure I so, I give I stick to, to talking shit to you. So we're already we're already we lost where we're at. We're we're talking about the safety aspect. Is it the rider? Is it the track? Is it a little bit of both? Is it the speeds? And it's it's hard for GNCC. They put on this event. They've that the big thing about GNCC is the time, and that's another thing. There's a lot of these local guys who don't have the time to train, and a two-hour race at home is extremely challenging. Going to a three-hour race, and in most cases, you're going three, three twenty, three thirty. I mean, it's not like a local where they're shutting you down twenty minutes early. I mean, Ben Kelly's crossing the stripe within five minutes either way of three hours, and. They don't get to go and walk the track or e-bike the track most of the time where them guys, they can show up on a Thursday, a Friday, right. and ride the whole track. Most people aren't as, I don't want to say privileged, most people aren't as stupid as me. Most people aren't buying an e-bike. Most Can't people afford aren't, it. Most people aren't taking a week off of work to go down and enjoy it. I mean, when I go to a GNCC, it's a vacation for me. It's something I look forward to. I don't take a week and go to Florida and sit on the beach. I take seven days and we go racing dirt bikes. I mean, so I think it, so it's hard, right? You got guys, a good friend of ours who, um, 
who won C25 Open, Cody Gribben, last year. Perfect example. Would leave Friday nights, Saturday mornings, rush to the track. Uh, he would try to get a pedal in, at least try to see some of the track. Race Sunday morning, and then go home. I mean, that's how most people do it. And it's tough and it's challenging. So I think that's kind of proven your point. The differential in speed. You have these guys who who are doing that and aren't getting to see the whole track. And then you have the pros who have already been through that whole track four, five, six times before they hit it with their dirt bike. Yeah. And I mean, with the way these e-bikes are around, I mean, they're they're 40% of their bike. Do you think... Now, I understand Stu has talked about he's against it, but if we took away... GNCC will never do it. I think I think one of the I think one of the sore subjects of GNCC that's I want I don't want to say most some people are starting to understand. Um. At the end of the day, GNCC is about money. Do you remember back in the day when Stu and Caleb had that rivalry over the fact of Stu pedaling the bike with a pedal assist bike? Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. And then look what happened. And I. I I would love to see the numbers. I know how much I paid for my bike at a GNCC. And I know I have multiple, I've had friends that I've talked into and buying them. GNCC is making some money on everything. And they're a great business. They diversified their business. They make money on the gate. They make money on the entry. They make money on the t-shirts. They make money on, on the e-bikes. I mean, gear bicycles runs, runs the e-bike store at the GNCCs. That's part of the GNCC. Like that's part of the overall Right. You know, that's part of the Racer X. Like that all ties together. So GNCC will never take e bikes away. So what's the only way GNCC will take e bikes away is if they can find out how to buy into one tens. Like they can figure out how to make their own one tens and sell them and then they'll outlaw e bikes and they'll say it's only one tens. And then everybody will pre pre riding on one tens. So like that's the only way. What do we? Th- what do you think? In your opinion, is the best way to try to solve this mystery of the um, everybody getting hurt? Do we split uh, it like Stu says? I really like Stu's idea of running the bikes on Saturday afternoons. Let's bump up. Let's bump up the youth quad. Let's let's get the youth quad going in the morning. Let's combine the the C quad event and the main quad event. I mean, we still they still put out a lot of quads. Um, but not that many. I think I think they could run them together. I think it'd be interesting to see. I think you'd have to try it. You know, what I mean, um, a quad trying to get a quad off a track is a lot harder than trying to get a dirt bike off a track. So that might cause a logistical error. But, I mean, if you could get those guys done by lunch and go right from the quad podium to Stu and Ben battling it out, uh, I think that could be a great, great, great medium ground. But what about the guys that get pushed to Friday? Like, Stu wants guys, the classes that uh, run on Friday. I think you should do the e-bikes on Friday. I think I think e bikes would fit in Friday night well, um, 
And like we said, yes, you have the outliers. I think GNCCs, there's either one of two ways. You either do it like I do, and you take a four days. You make a trip out of it, or you turn and burn. Most guys that are turning and burning aren't doing the e-bike race. I agree. So you don't really have to worry about that. I mean, I'm not doing the e-bike race. I don't see the crossover between the e-bike race and the dirt bike racing. If you lose a couple e-bike guys, so what? What are you like? They're still going to buy them. They're still going to bring them because going across from the start to your camper is. I had to walk. Changing GNCC changed the games with e-bikes. That I think, and maybe single-handedly, I'd say. I I remember my first GNCC um, was Gusher GNCC. It was about 45 minutes outside of Ohio and Pennsylvania. It was, again, an credi- incredible facility. It rained all weekend. It was miserable. But, man, even back then, walking from the camper to Pit Row was just it was a 15, 20-minute walk. Yeah. Now it's like a 30-second bike ride. Last year, uh, I took a buddy of mine. He ran A200. I can see him five or six times a lap. And, you know, with that being his first one, like, I was a little nervous for him. I I had been to a few at that time, so I knew how treacherous they were. But being able to check on him multiple times a lap, and the way GNCC lays it, most of their tracks out, helps you can, that. Yeah, you can see right, them quite a few e-bike times. But that e-bike just makes it. Now, if you're on the GNCC Facebook page, the private page, not the actual GNCC page, you'll get the Karens. Karens do not like the e-bikes in the pits. They don't like the pit vehicles in the pits. I think it's six of one half dozen of the other. We're, I think it's growing pains. We're at the point where GNCC is so big, it's creating its own problems. And everybody's got their little kids running around, not paying any mind to them because, and you feel comfortable. One hundred percent. And I think it's good for the kids to be able to come I, and meet kids hey, from all across the East Coast. I mean, basically, we met, we met through dirt bike racing. These guys, Thorne, the Edmonds, you know, guys that live three, four, five hours away, met through racing. Kayla O'Neill, I met her last year through GNC3, through Carly. I mean, I have friends all over the East Coast because of racing. It's probably one of the highlights of my life. So, it's one of those things, we talk about it in my, in our, in my business a lot. I talk about it with my boss and the owners. At some point, too big or bigger isn't always better. Sometimes you you lose, in our case, profit margin. In GNCC, you might lose people. You might lose feel like you're losing your top runners at this point. If you're thinking about safety, I mean, we're talking about safety at the end of the day, and what we can try to do better. Um, I mean, do we? Uh, I wasn't there at Indiana when they ran the youth in the afternoon, but I mean, there was kids coming across the dark, and then it brought up another point. A lot of the guys in my class had to race at eight a.m. in the morning, and they dove into the woods and they were like, "Hey, holy shit! It's dark. I can't see." Yeah. And I mean, the the XC one youth kids, they're <laughs> they're A level kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? So at eight o'clock in the morning, they're going into the woods in the dark too. So at some point, there's just not enough time in the day. Another thing I thought about was most of these properties are just so worn out, and the fight for land is getting harder and harder and harder, but. Do we do? 
I don't want to say two loops, but I mean, do we add mileage? I mean, they got. Do we turn it? What did they? We ran seven. They ran seven laps last weekend. Yep. Most of A class ran six laps. It's a lot, lot of laps. I mean, that was a twelve mile course. All right, I am. All right, so we're back. We are exactly one hour in. This is perfect. This is where I wanted to be, right around an hour. Is that is that the goal? One hour total, uh, or I don't know. I think it depends on the week and the day and and what we got going on. Listen, Stu could come back and cause havoc, or Ben could go twelve and zero. It depends what's going on. Hey, we might get, and we'll we'll dive into this now. We might get. One of our guys, we have, we have a couple guests that we would really like to get on. We talked about a couple. I would love to get Thorne and Ryder and some of the local guys on. Because some XC1 guys on, I think we can manage that. I really do. Um, and we got some other other tricks up our sleeve. There's a local legend to us that we're both pretty close with who is a fantastic riding coach. I He told me. I asked him. Yeah. He I, said he'd do it. I think we're going to make that work. So we want to make sure that we can uh, – we want to make sure we know what we're doing first. Kind yeah. of. We'll we'll get him on like this. I don't want to screw it up because I'm really excited to pick his brain. I've never had a chance just to sit down and and have an actual conversation with him. Most of the time, we're in the middle of the woods or shooting shit in a garage. So, it'd be really cool to sit him down. And he's a wealth of knowledge in dirt bikes, and he's been around this East Coast scene his entire life. I don't. We're gonna make sure that's okay with him first. Obviously. And like I said, we're keeping this. This we're gonna make the viewers want it. The listeners. Yeah. So. They'll all maybe maybe two or three we'll have next week. <laughs> you know, I want to say that joke. I want to be like, maybe we'll have two or three listeners. But then I think about it. Listen, if I can listen back to this and not turn it off, I'll be happy. I'll be our one listener. I'm okay with that. But so yeah, we we want to get some guests on here. What's the autumn Gary V and stuff? You just got to take the first step, right? So yeah. we're taking the first step. Um, all right. So now that we got rudely interrupted, we're back on track. Let's finish it up here. So we talked about talked about the GNCCs. We talked about our local boys. Talked about us. Talked about uh, pretty much everything I had on my list. The last thing I had on my list was let's talk about our local enduro scene. Okay. Let's start before we get into the before we get into the times and the finishes and stuff. Um, man, our local enduro scene, I think, is at a turning point. You're seeing a lot more younger guys, including myself. This is my first year of running timekeeping Enduros ever. Um, I did three last year, I believe. Um, and then I've done the two out of the first three. Um, obviously, the first one we couldn't yeah, do. Yeah, we both, we both worked our, our, our first one. Yeah. So. so with ECA, you have to be the uh, Enduro uh, series to get points accounted to you you have to work one you have to be yeah, you have to be a member of a club and you have to work a race you have to work your event correct which is great because um pretty much the reason they do that is to get rid of the people trying to cheat and and know the checkpoints and the timekeeping and all that stuff so bravo i like that rule but that also leads into my next thing east coast enduro association eca enduros is extremely political the clubs are extremely political, and it drives me crazy. I just feel like everybody loses track. Everybody, Everybody's in this because they love their bikes and they want to ride. And I get that it has to be more serious than that sometimes. But, man, when, when, you, when you have to join a club 
to race and you go to your quote-unquote local club and they say, oh, they're full. So... And then if you go to a different club, they'll like... They'll yeah, it's just put you into the ground for it. The system's broken. I understand what they're trying to do. They want people involved. They want people to help. They don't want people to just sandbag and go to races. I get it. Same thing with GNCC. We got to do something. Because it's just not there. It's it's even inside the clubs. It's just political. And it's not just one club. I hear it from, from all of them. Everybody, every club's got their problems. It's just like anything else in life. But, man, we're all here for one thing. We just want to ride our dirt bikes. And I feel like we forget that often. So... If I sound salty about Enduros at any point when we talk about them, it's because I am. Um, but I think uh, I think I think the U is finally starting to pick up on it. Yeah, um, I've never, like I said, I've never done one up until last year, and doing them this year. Granted, I don't have a computer yet. Getting a computer, um, the reason I am learning to like them as I get older is because it's not wide open. All the time, you have to be smart. You have to be, um, you have to strategize. Strate- I can't pronounce that word. Strategize. Yeah, you have to do you that. Have to have strategy, like because it's like it's like if you're from the drag racing world, like we are. It's like bracket racing. Yeah, it's like you gotta go slow and you gotta hit your number. Because um, so far this year, the first two we did, both of them had checks that would burn you. You, they didn't expect them to be in the beginning or in the middle and didn't you most people didn't see them coming yeah so um when i bought my bike four years ago that was my plan i made sure i got a street legal bike because i wanted to do enduros i wanted to have my tag put the the, the air quotations away that bike is street legal 100 percent. street to street yeah. comes we street out here so that was always my goal. And I did a couple my first year. I did a couple my second year. And then I kind of, well, COVID kind of helped kick us out of it. But I, I don't know. Just when you come from hair scrambles and you come from GNCCs and that atmosphere, when you go to an Enduro, it's just not the same. It's the exact, it's exactly what you're saying. It's just kick back. It's more mellow. It's still riding dirt bikes. It's still what we all love to do. It's just not the same for me. I think it's because you spend all day on a bike. Like, I'm... 100%. That's not me. I enjoy watching just as much as I enjoy racing. I love the fact that I get off my bike after my race. I'm pumped on how I rode. And I get off. I change. I throw my backpack on. Grab my tools. And now I jump on the e-bike, and I'm all over the place. I love that more than, like I said it earlier, it upsets me that I have to race the same time the girls do. Right. Because I hate that I can't, you know what I mean, be in the woods pointing lines and stuff. So I think you just figured it out. I don't want to be on my damn dirt bike all day. I don't like it that much. Yeah, I mean, we put, um, we did, I'm going to say 80 miles this weekend, and we we went off at 10:20, and we didn't get back to the truck till like 4:40. Well, and I think that's another thing too. That in, I think I I think that's part of the reason too. You're getting done at 4:40. Yeah, you guys were one of the later lines, but we had we had a, a plan. You know what I mean? Right. That, right. that word, we had a plan. 
and it it what we planned for it to do did and it worked out and but now had a good ride at the same time now you're you're loading up the bikes at five o'clock you're not getting out of there till scoring's done after that I not mean, the process in itself right and and we'll get into that on a different episode I, agree. I ain't got enough time that's gonna be a ten separate episode um but I don't know. It's just a different feel. I think all these, I think one of my problems with it as well is that these old school people are stuck in 1980, which is cool. Like, I love hearing about old timekeeping in Doros. But then you have these people riding around with computers that have lights that flash out on that say, go faster, go slower. Like, yes, there's still the strategy in it, but that's not timekeeping to me. I want to see your roll chart. I want to see your watch. I want to see you do it. If we're going to be old school, let's be old school. If you if you with me, be with me. If you ain't, be ain't. And, I mean, I do not. I mean, I'm having a hard enough time now, and I don't even have a computer yet, but programming a computer and taking the time to do all that and then trying to learn the Enduros on top of it. Right. It's too much. Well, I and, can't handle I wouldn't be able to handle it. And when I started, everybody told me, they're like, yeah, it's timekeeping. Like, it helps the slower people. It really doesn't because... I've done probably 10 Endoros. Those first couple years, I did a lot of them. And the sections that are timekeeping are slow for everybody. The sections that aren't timekeeping or that are timekeeping for the faster guys aren't for me. So 80% of my day, I'm still going full bore at it. As hard as you can. Right. right. And I mean, yeah, I'm slow, but like 100% for me is probably 100. Like our 100% is the same. Mine's just not as fast. Right. Like, so, we're putting in the same effort. Right, right, different right. Speed. So, uh, that was the big draw to Endoros for me was, oh, they're a little bit slower paced, but in my opinion, they never have been. So, I don't know. Uh, and the thing is, I've done well at Endoros. I mean, last year I did one. I was sixth in my class. Uh, a couple years I did one. I was fifth in my class. The last one I did before COVID, I was fifth. So, like, I, I ride better at Endoros. There's less people at them. Um I don't know. It's just something about the atmosphere. And I think you really did hit the nail on the head being on the bike all day. So, but yeah, let's talk about, let's finish it up. Let's talk about some of the guys we got running in ECA. Um, one thing I do love about the Endoros, it's, it's core guys. I mean, the same guys, Sean Kohler, for example, man, he's been running five years strong at these Endoros. But so boy, oh boy, this year he is done. But have you heard? No. Ooh. Well, when we talk about round two here in a second, I'll give you the details oh. on that one. Oh, boy. Well, still, a familiar name that's been around. So it's cool seeing when I go on Sunday when I'm sitting on my couch after I've just been doing nothing all day and these boys have been racing, it's the same names every weekend. So I do like that. So what do we got so far? So um, I will say our first Endora of the year was miserable. I was on my bike at 7 a.m. It was probably 12 degrees. There was snow on the ground. It was frozen. It was a hard, It was a miserable day. The first Endora? Oh, yeah. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah. But uh, one, two, and three was Kohler, Brian Mako, and Steve Mason Jr. Right. Steve Mason Jr. is an A250 guy, and Brian Mako is an AVET 30. But, again, all familiar names, especially for ECA. If you're, if you're a local guy, you hear those names all the time. Um and again, cool thing for A guys. 
a thirty plus guy and an A two fifty guy and a double A guy can all battle for an overall. I think that a vet guy should be double A in my opinion. Is this who was it again? Uh, Brian Mako M A C O. There's a, there's a couple thirty plus guys that should be double A. He's the only thirty. The next A vet thirty plus was Joe something, and he finished fourteenth. Hey, and I ride with Joe a lot lately. Joe rips. He is unbelievable. Him and Greg, another A thirty plus guy. I mean, they're quick. But yeah, when you're trying to battle with somebody who's winning overalls. So going into round two, um, that's round three sorry round two here um this is where things got interesting so me and um i raced with justin lafferty on um all the enduras i do with justin lafferty he and i were on a line two or three lines in front of us were brian mako and sean kohler on the same line yeah so i did hear about this even all day till the last test to the last yeah. test. So, coming into the last test, I'm looking, and I'm like, I watch him take off, and Brian's on the inside, Kohler's on the outside, and Brian stuffs Kohler in the first turn, and I turn to Justin, I'm like, who is that guy? Like, I know, you know Kohler, because he's got a number one on his back. Right, like, everybody, he, he won last Have you year. been anywhere near ECA in the last five years? You know who Sean is. Yeah. And I'm like, who is running it in on him on the first turn on the last test? And, well, they weren't happy. So, Brian Mako ended up winning overall that day. Um, Sean got second. Well, from my understanding, Kohler's dad was having a fit. <laughs> I'm sure he was. And was, like, having, basically told him they're never coming back. They're done. They're done with the Duros. They're done. And I could see it in one aspect, but I don't I don't understand why. So, was Sean at the third round? No. Oh. Neither of them were. Both didn't show up. But if so, if that's a story, man, that sucks. It, it sucks that we're losing. You know what I mean, guys? A family like that who's been involved for so long. I understand why they're upset. Um, they're they're mad because they got put on the same line. Like who made who allowed that decision? Did I'm assuming? So Sean's on that line. Sean's assigned that line. I don't think Sean has any say. Um, I to my knowledge, they can choose what line they want. Like, they could say, okay, I want... Like, when we sign up, it's like, okay, we want line 30. See, but if you if you pre-register as a pro, mm-hmm. you're getting between 20 and 30. If you're a double-A distinguished rider... Correct. You're between 20 and 30. Correct. So, if you're riding with a double-A rider, like you do, you would still be with him, but you would just be on that line. Correct. That's kind of where my question comes in. Is this something Brian planned... Is Brian requesting line 20 to be with Sean to or do did, that? Or did he request to be on the row with him? Right. Now, if Brian's requesting row, Brian requests row 20 because he requests row 20 every weekend, that's one thing. If Brian requested row 20 to screw with Sean, that's a whole different thing. Right. So, that's the drama for that weekend. That was Curly Fernanduro. Um they both had pretty decent days. Um, Justin Justin ended up third. So while they were battling out there, whatever, Justin was third. Um, now, the right after the gas, we went to a section, and 
I come around a corner and he's on top of another bike. I'm like, dude, what is going on? Like, why? His foot peg was shoved between the plastic and the pipe and his bike was stuck. So he had to get his bike up and off the guy. And so he lost some time there, but he never stopped fighting all day. Yeah. And I mean, he came in the last test and he hammered down the whole time and he was second fastest that last test. He made up 15 seconds. Hey, and I mean, that's in one test. Second race of the year for him. Yeah. I mean, uh, and the first one over after over a month. It's the second race of the year, technically. No, but I, right. Second year race that he's done this year. Yes. But I mean, it's been a, over a month since the last one. Correct. So, man, it, it, I don't care what anybody says. It takes a second to get back into that field. And sure. you got to also remember, too, all these other guys raced the weekend before. They were all at Arandora. They were all at Greenbrier. Yep. So they just came in hot. They know what they're expected from one week. And then you're just expected to pick it up round two and be right there. One of the one of the downfalls of that rule, in my opinion, especially if you're the first Enduro, it is what it is. Um, I think another downfall, speaking of lappers and Enduros, man, I haven't done one. I haven't done a lot where I get stuck behind the same lapper, but I had the exact same situation happen to me last year. A real good friend of mine, one of my best friends next to you, Fell in front of me. He was a couple lines in front of me. He fell. He had a, a yellow bike at the time. Not to throw at any manufacturers, but I don't have a goddamn button. <laughs> and this motherfucker is just sitting in the trail kicking. And, and just, kicking. And just and kicking. And just ruining my whole goddamn day. And we joke about it. It ended up costing me a top five. The, the 40 seconds that I was stuck in these tight pines cost me a day. Now, I think that's a little bit different than this situation, but what I'm getting at is you're passing the same lappers all day. Yeah, so if you're doing six tests, you're passing them six times. Hey, well, and again, same thing, speed differential. They try to they try to clear it up, I guess what, but before line 30, from 1 to 30 is A and B only. After that, it's C. But still, man, there's unless some... You, unless you sign up at the race, like the day of. Right. I mean, there's some B... Oh, right. And you guys were back pretty far at that race, right? Or was it you no, up front? No, it was Sandy Lane that we did okay. way back. But um, at Curly Fern, we were... I don't know. Let me see. I you were 70-something. No, at Curly Fern, I was some, we were... I want to say 40 or something. But we, we were the last double-A row. What I'm getting at is you're passing the same lappers all day. God forbid that you upset one you don't even know it the next section you come into they're going to make your life living hell well we had i had an issue where um at curly fern it was a timekeeping like you had to be on the ball watching time they'd burn you real quick like almost all the tests except for two where you had to stay on time and so we were fighting coming into uh, an out and justin would pass lappers and i'd be right on them because we're not going that fast because we're watching our time but it's just fast enough that we have to pass people. Yeah. And I had a lapper. Justin goes. Lapper cuts in behind him because he didn't hear me. And I crash. Like, he makes me crash. I fall down. I get back up. I pass him. But then by the time I pass him back, we're coming towards the out. And we got to slow down now because we're coming in too fast. So immediately, I pass him. I don't know, a thousand foot later. And he's got to pass, like, I'm on the brakes, and he's got to worry about me passing me back now. Right. And you're all just trying to stay on time, trying to do your own thing. And I don't know, man. Like I, like I said at the start, 
I haven't really quite figured out these Enduros yet. And just overall. Another big thing with these Enduros to me, and if old old man Jack Lafferty hears me talking about this, he's going to be cussing me. But I don't think he's ever going to hear this podcast. You I never know. That. But his least favorite words in the world, start control. We could fix a lot of the problems we talked about tonight with a start control. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have that prime with Brian and Sean. Now you're still going to have the lapper problem, but at the same time, you're not going to have that back and forth, green light, red light, yellow light bullshit going on. Right. Like I said, the same thing with the GNCCs. There's no right answer. I'm not talking, I I am talking shit, but I'm not talking shit. Right. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how we can make these the best, the best we can. Um, so hopefully these, these conversations that we have can open up more conversations. I would love to see more star controls. I think what these guys are doing down south with these sprint Enduros, with two two tests, three tests, running them all day. Um, I think with how land, especially in Jersey, how everything's going with land and stuff, I, I think we're going to see more of it. But people are going to have to buy into it, and not just the young people. The old people are going to have to to buy into it. I mean, ECA stepped up, and I know they did one last year or whatever, but they got another. I think they got two of them in the schedule this year for sprint enduros. And there's supposed to be more. I looked at the schedule the other day. It looks like there's only two, but you got you got timekeeping. You got the start control. They do color. Listen, at the end of the day, we're all in this because we want to ride our motorcycles. Yep. So, I think if we can, I, I think that gets lost a lot again in the clubs, in the ECA in the racing and I th- I think that's maybe why I like GNCC so much right. everybody's there to, to enjoy your time on a motorcycle so and I hey, I think that's probably the best place we can stop for the night I think that's what we want to get out of this podcast we enjoy being around motorcycles on our motorcycles talking about motorcycles and we just want to do that with more people on a bigger level I do got to give a quick shout out to Justin though for Sandy Lane. He got overall. He did get the overall. So he puts a third Lafferty last name on the on the wheel, which is sweet. That's cool. Um Rich I talked to Rich. Rich actually finished fourth. So Justin's uncle whose name is on that plaque he said five times. He told Justin he said you might have got it this time but you got to do it four more times now to beat me. So hint hint. Yeah. Hint hint. So, the the Lafferty name, another Lafferty gets put on the yeah. on the wheel. Justin, Justin, he I told him from the start. He didn't want to listen, but I told him from the start of the day, you're winning. You got this. He was amazing. My boy Justin. I love my boy Justin to death. He don't ever listen to nobody. He don't trust nobody, and he don't listen to nobody. That's the two <laughs> things he don't do. I, I ain't mad at him for it. So, I ain't mad at him. But, yeah. Be- so, it's cool to see... Uh, it's cool to see a young kid stepping up. <laughs> listen, we've already gone too far. Just like T-Chef said, we done pissed somebody off. So if you listen to this, thank you. Like I said a couple of minutes ago, we just like dirt bikes. We just want more of it. So if this is something we can do, let's say, let's aim, we'll, we'll put this in, in, in audio form. For right now, let's say every two weeks. We're getting into my busy season. There's a lot of racing going on here in the next month. I... I'm always busy. I'll be away for a week. So if we could do every other week or do two a month, I'd be pumped with that. So um, 
I'm going to try my darndest to do something at the GNCCs. Even if I just walk around and hit record and go talk to Thorne, go talk to Ryder, go talk to... I'll go talk to Bob. I'll go talk to anybody. Um, yeah. You can talk to anybody. Yeah, That's talk. one thing you can do so, is talk. Maybe get Lucas. Talk to my boy Lucas Grounds if he's around. Get him on here. See if you can find my old buddy from the National Enduro, Max, <laughs> Max Grant. <laughs> Max Grant. Old um, no gloves. He, he, we're talking about you. Yeah, but. I met him at the na- at the national, and he's been seeming to be struggling a little bit on the eight two fifty line. He take off them gloves, he'd be all right. I told him, <laughs> take them gloves off, boy. You'll find some speed, but he don't uh, want to listen. All right, well, we'll leave it there again. Thanks for listening, and uh, yeah. Till next time. Yeah, we'll catch you. Appreciate it.